What's up and welcome to the DualSense Podcast, a PlayStation News Podcast. This is episode 115. My name is Jason, I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host. This evening he is called Judge Willie Stroker, <laughs> also known as Travis. Mm. Hey bueno, what's good? Cheese is good. I've always Jesus wanted good. to be a judge, so I thought, why not be a judge? I mean, it's a free country. You can be anything you want to be. So, uh, Willie Stroker, you been stroking any lately? No, no. Just your own, I mean, maybe? like, my heart's been stroking out, but that's about it, probably. I don't think I've had oh. any any dick strokes lately. Oh, just your own, possibly? I guess. I don't know. My seasonal allergies have been killing me. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I, but, I uh, just, if I ignore things, they don't happen. So I just pretended my allergies are fine. I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do that, but I'm just like sneezing and snotting. And for a few days, I had like a sore throat and drainage. And actually last episode, I was hoarse when we, when we recorded and I'm still a little bit hoarse now. I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on with me. I don't ever remember having allergies or issues with allergies, you know, when I was a young lad, but allegedly as you get older your your body changes or some stuff like that i don't know I don't yeah you just get closer part of you dies and then you just you slowly die i yeah. think that's how that goes did you see I, did i send you the article they said they found organic matter on mars yeah you did that's uh that, here we go let's go let's go so that's uh it's it's out there right elon's going to find it fuck i don't know what he's doing what is he gonna do with it if he finds it anyway just like put it in his like bookcase in malibu I don't, what is he gonna do with it <laughs> Isn't he wanting to to put us on Mars and and by like twenty thirty or twenty thirty five or something like that? Yeah, I think he's just a con man. Oh, he, is was the Twitter thing what convinced you? No, I thought he was a con man. When I think Tesla is a whole thing. Like I think the cars are shittily made, and it doesn't make mm. sense to use electric cars. They they make they use just as much energy making the batteries as they do creating crude oil. Like it doesn't yeah. really do much. Sure, whatever. I think it's all a shell. Sure. Well, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together each and every week to discuss all things PlayStation-like news, rumors, new game releases and announcements, and much more. We post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the globe, and potentially Moon and the Moon and Mars one day. Who knows? See, see, see what Elon does. The first intergalactic podcast. <laughs> we also share our episodes on the YouTube where we share gameplay videos as well. I've recently posted some Modern Warfare 2 beta, as well as something else. Battlefield 2042, <laughs> Season 2 gameplay. Sound real memorable. <laughs> it was. Uh, but you can also uh, chat with us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Find us on Twitter, at the DualSense Pod is our handle. We would love to talk with you. We're also on Facebook, if you please, and Instagram, where we share virtual photography from in-game photo modes. And the last thing that we are on is a blog, and it's called the DualSense Word. Uh, Jesus Christ, the DualSense Podcast. WordPress.com. You can see our episodes there each week, our photographs, our bios, etc. So please find us and let's uh, let's chat. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, here let's jump into a pretty pretty good week of news. We got quite a bit. We uh, were showered in showcases, Travis. So let's start with number one. PlayStation both announced and held a new state of play stream within 24 hours of each other this week. This latest edition focused mostly on their Japanese partners, but with a few surprises along the way. Here's a recap of everything that we saw. 
The show led off with Bandai Namco Studio revealing that Tekken 8 is in production for PlayStation 5. We found out later that the impressive trailer was indeed gameplay from the game's story mode, which will focus on the showdown between father and son tandem Kazuya Mishima and Jin Kazama. I already have a Jin. Uh, <laughs> we do. I have a Jin. <laughs> I don't need fucking two Jins. We do. It's very similar syllables, too. That's scary. Yeah, they only have three names in Japan, I guess. Ah, uh, True. <laughs> no release date was announced, but we learned later that the game will not reuse any assets from Tekken 7. It is being built from the ground up on Unreal Engine 5. Next up, Lucasfilm's internal team, ILM Cross Lab. What the fuck? They can't think of anything better than that. Announced <laughs> that Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition was in development for PlayStation VR 2 and will be releasing sometime in 2023. The game sees players as a droid repair technician who gets swept up in a grand adventure when they crash land on planet Batuu following an attack by the Guavian Death Gang. Gotta watch out for those Guavian Death Gangs. <laughs> the game will take full advantage of the PlayStation VR 2's technology, including eye tracking, 3D audio, haptic feedback, and more. Then uh, developer Resolution Games revealed their tabletop dungeon crawling RPG Demio will be making its way to both PlayStation VR 2 and PS5 sometime in 2023. It will also take full advantage of the PSVR 2 technology as well as PS5's DualSense. The game can be played in both both in and out of virtual reality, excuse me, and will be crossed by between PS5 and PSVR 2, meaning that purchasing the game once will grant players both versions of the game. It will also feature cross-platform play. Yakuza developer Ryuga Gotoku Studio announced action-adventure historical thriller Like a Dragon Inchin for PS4 and PS5, launching worldwide on February 21st of next year. The game will feature Kazuma Kiryu, 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 all these Kazumas, Kazamas and Kazumas, as the protagonist who will, <laughs> and will include four combat styles. It will also be the first game from RGG Studio built on Unreal Engine. After that, Ironwood Studios announced a roguelite and driving survival adventure game at Pacific Drive, coming to PS5 sometime in 2023. Your car is your lifeline in Pacific Drive, as you will need to scavenge for resources to maintain and improve your car. As long as you are able to keep it running, you will stay alive. The game is set in a version of the Pacific Northwest that has been used by the U.S. government to test secret technologies, leaving it filled with radiation and supernatural horrors. Not, not supernatural horrors, but horrors. Mm. you imagine supernatural horrors is that like witches yeah i think that's the whole the whole plot of hocus pocus i've only seen it once though <laughs> there's a new one coming september 30th are you excited Ooh, yeah i love well i'm here for the whores <laughs> next up <Good> warner... <laughs> next up warner brothers games avalanche revealed that playstation players will get an exclusive quest in hogwarts legacy called the haunted hogsmeade shop completing the quest will grant you the ability to sell items at your own hogsmeade shop and the shopkeeper's cosmetic set. Hogwarts Legacy launches February 10th on PS4 and PS5. PlayStation Vice President Grace Chen joined the State of Play to announce that the PlayStation Star's loyalty rewards program will begin rolling out later this month. It will launch first in Asian markets, including Japan, followed by the Americas and Europe in the weeks to follow. Initially, PlayStation Stars will only be available on the PlayStation app, but will eventually come to console as well. Grace also revealed the first batch of quote-unquote digital collectibles that are totally not NFTs that players can obtain, including a PS3, a pocket station, and more. The stylish Japanese action RPG known as Project Eve is now called Stellar Blade and is being published by PlayStation, which is news as well. 
Developer Shift Up shared a new Game Boy trailer, but no release date was announced. After that, developer Team Ninja announced open-world action RPG Rise of the Ronin, coming exclusively on console to PlayStation 5 in 2024. Rise of the Ronin is set in 19th century Japan, as the island country struggles with oppressive rulers, western influence, and a civil war between the Tokugawa shogunate and anti-shogunate factions. Bandai Namco then returned to the show to announce PvPVE sci-fi third-person mech shooter Sin Duality, coming to PS5 sometime in 2023. And then the show ended with the big one, Travis, a new glorious story trailer for God of War Ragnarok that had gameplay mixed in, and it was absolutely epic. They also announced a limited edition God of War Ragnarok-themed DualSense controller, which was very sexy, and it's launching alongside the game on November the 9th. Okay, so that's everything from this week's State of Play. What do you think of any of this? Anything stand out? Sure. I mean, I'll I'll end with uh, my favorite or my most surprising, oh. but um, you know, off the the easy one to touch on first is God of War. Expected to see something. Of course, we got to see something. I'm not at all surprised by the theme controller, even though it's not white. It sounds like a lot of people will be making it white at some point, given <laughs> how excited they are. Uh-huh. It is actually pretty cool, but it's just it's hard for me to get like. It's just hard for me to pay extra for a controller, like uh, which is odd because yeah. I like little, I like I like things. I just like having things. So you mm-hmm. think I would be into that, but I'm really not, which is odd. But when there's a Ghost of Tsushima two controller, you're gonna you're gonna make it white, right? <laughs> yeah, but mine mixed together, <laughs> so it'll be white and red. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so I thought Tekken eight was interesting. I was I was interested to find out later on that I just assumed what we were seeing was a vertical sliced. So. To find out it was mm-hmm. you know gameplay from the story mode, I thought that was pretty cool. It looked really good. I think the game will do well. I mean, it looks like what you would want Tekken to look like on a PS5. So, I mean, what's there really to complain about there? I think that was actually, I think that was a good thing to lead off with. Like, I was I was pleased with that. Like, I'm like, I'm so Star Wars out. And I think that the Guavian Death Gang is what Trump wanted to build the wall to keep out, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, I'm glad we have them here. Yeah. The, the cool, the only two things about uh, D- Demio that I enjoyed were that if you buy it for the five or the VR, you have it on both. That that's really nice. Yeah, that's cool. I, I would like to see that more, but I understand why you you don't have that. It's nice that I can play it in reality and in virtual reality. Uh, that's nice. Uh, just mm-hmm. the way you wrote the way you wrote that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> both in and out of virtual reality. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. So yeah, you know, Yakuza just doesn't. I don't know. Yakuza just doesn't do it for me. It's funny because I know there's a lot of people who really like all those games, um, but for whatever reason, I never yeah. got into them, and I just don't ever see that changing. Oh, my calf's cramping. <laughs> you gotta stay hydrated. Okay, I lived. Okay. <laughs> Killed by a Charlie horse. Yes, I don't give a shit about fucking Hogwarts Legacy, whatever. I'm sure it'll do oh great. Oh my god. Um, don't bother me with it. Anyway, and the one that I'm the most excited about is Rise of the Ronin. You know, when you read through the details. Is it Ronin or Ronin? How do you say it? I really think it's Ronin, but where we're from, we say Ronin, so whatever. Okay. We continue. Yeah, it's like a dollar you do. So, wow, it's an island country near Japan that struggles with oppressive rulers. Have we seen that before? Probably. But it looked really good, actually. Like, I'm okay that it reminded me a little bit of, of Ghost of Tsushima and... It doesn't really bother me that, you know, we see this a lot of times in like movies uh, where like it's like something in the ether happens and you see similar movies kind of come out. 
it seems like that's happening with games where we're kind of seeing this feudal pre-Western influence Japan getting featured. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's cool. I'm excited to be back as a ninja. That'll be fun. Actually, I can't wait to try it. And did you see that our local Shogunate got got uh, is closed? <laughs> I did. Yeah, they're back open already. Already. Oh, that was yeah, it was quick, wasn't it? How do you gain like forty points on a health score that fast? That's well, impressive. You you kill all those cockroaches like Men in Black. God, that's really really gross. But yeah. other than that, those were the ones that, st- that stuck out to me. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see more about Ronin just to make sure it's you know in bounds, um, so to speak. But I think that they actually had a pretty good showcase, all things considered. Like I thought it was pretty strong. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same. I think overall, this was a very, very good state of play. And they did all of this in 20 minutes, so it was, it was pretty impressive. They've had two really good states of play this year. And uh, this one was no exception, just as good as the last. And I'll uh, I'll start with God of War as well, because that's the big one, obviously. This was one of the best trailers for a game I think I've ever seen. It was awesome. It was a great trailer. Of course, nobody's played the game, except for Game Informer, whatever. But I... I think this game, I have a feeling this game might give Elden Ring a run for its money for Game of the Year. I think I think Elden Ring will still win, but I think God of War is going to be better than people think. You know, not just $70 DLC or whatever. Uh, it looks incredible. I can't wait to play. And that controller, ooh, oh, that controller looks good. But the one I'm really holding out for is the gray PS1-themed one, which hopefully <laughs> is coming. That's the one I want the worst. Uh, but yeah, super, super excited about God of War. Um, the other, a few other ones really stood out to me. One was Demio, the tabletop RPG that's both PSVR 2 and PS5. I actually thought that, looked, I've never played a tabletop RPG in my life, but I thought that actually was really cool. The fact that you can play it both, you know, with or without the headset also looked cool because, you know, maybe I want to play it for a little bit one night, but I don't want to fool with the headset. You know, I can just pop in and, and play it on PS5. Uh, so that's really cool. And then I also read one of the features that each of the pieces that you put on the board or whatever has a different weight and feel to it when you're using the controller, which is really cool. So all that really has me excited, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Another one that stood out to me was that Pacific Drive game, which is the survival car driving game. Mm-hmm. It's just something different and unique. It's like, you know, not not necessarily the systems of the game, you know, the roguelite survival, that's not unique, but it's something different in terms of, you know, you're keeping a car maintained and it's, you're driving around, you're avoiding stuff and you're searching for supplies and you're finding secrets and stuff like that's something different from, from like a roguelite game. And I think it looked really cool. So I'm excited about that too. And, uh, the setting sounds cool. Uh, Hogwarts legacy, super excited. Cannot wait. And I haven't even seen all the movies. I definitely haven't read the books or will read the books, but I'm very excited. This game looks fantastic. So. Very excited about that. And then, uh, let's see here, PlayStation Stars, actually, I thought was cool that it was in there, that they announced that it's almost ready, so I'm looking forward to that. I've been sitting on a few purchases and pre-orders because I want the uh, reward points or whatever and uh, to accumulate and give me some free shit, so looking forward to that. And then the last one that really, really stood out to me, too, was also Rise of the Ronin. And uh, that looks awesome. And it does look a little bit like Ghost of Tsushima, like you said, but it also looks enough, like enough is different to be its own game. And so, uh, you know, it's got, they've got guns and they, they've got like muskets or something and they're like firearms. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a different twist. 
We got guns and shit. Yeah, we got guns and shit. Uh, yeah, in so. that trailer, he bayoneted that dude. Yes. He blew his head blew off. His head. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was like, okay. He kind of got me there. Yeah. Heck yeah. Tekken, I'm a lapsed Tekken fan. Like, Tekken Tag Tournament on PS2 was like mm-hmm. one of, was like my shit. Like, mm-hmm. that was one of the first games that I had on PS2 was Tekken Tag. And uh, that's a fantastic game. And uh, But I don't know that I'll play Tekken 8. It looks great, though. Looks great. I did not think that that was gameplay at all and what they showed in the trailer. I thought that was some type of rendered shit that they did. So very impressive. But uh, overall, very great showcase and some uh, very interesting things outside of the norm uh, that caught my attention. Number two, various media media outlets got to go hands-on with the PlayStation VR 2 for the first time this week. And while it is hard to put their impressions into a news story, the response to the next-gen headset was overwhelmingly positive with most previewers remarking at how the technology and sense controllers are a big step forward for virtual reality as a whole, as well as noting how comfortable both the headset and controllers are to use. One piece of news worth pointing out is that Eurogamer confirmed Horizon Call of the Mountain as a linear, somewhat on-rails experience, while IGN also confirmed the game will only take about six to seven hours to, comp- to complete. Overall, though, Eurogamer may have said it best, writing, quote, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's the word that keeps springing to mind when I try to sum up my time with PlayStation VR 2. As a fervent fan of VR and for many years now, it's safe to say that my first hands-on experience with Sony's upcoming headset wowed my VR-loving socks off. This sleek and stylish unit was all I could have wanted for an upgraded PSVR headset and much, much more. End quote. In other PSVR 2 news, Sony quietly revealed on the, play- on the official PlayStation podcast that the next-gen headset will not be backwards compatible with games from the original PSVR, which Senior Vice President of Platform Experience Hideaki Nishino attributed to PSVR 2 being designed as a, quote, truly next-generation VR experience, end quote. And uh, some rumors also came out today that many developers with some of the most popular PSVR games are already working on porting their games to VR 2, and it's said to be, or rumored to be, very easy to do so. So we'll see. But uh, what do you think of this? I mean, well, the, the porting news is good because then, you know, if it's really, really as good as everybody says and like, you know, we enjoy it, we can go back and play some of those really, you know, high rated VR games that we kind of missed out on. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's beside the point. But I'm not entirely. Everything we hear about the VR2 is good, right? Yeah. It looks good. It's getting us all excited. Everybody's getting their dick hard. So it's like part of me is kind of worried <laughs> about like. Usually you hear something, some sort of like mid-level comment, right? Somewhere along the way, even if it's just like nuance, like, yeah, it's great, it's, yeah. Great, it's great. The batteries, the battery sucks, right? Yeah, we haven't yeah. heard any of that. So I'm always skeptical when everything is golden on what's yeah. coming back at me. It makes me like question the sources a little bit. And, you know, sure. I don't know. The fact that various outlets were impressed kind of makes me do, it does make me feel better. And we're not just hearing kind of what I would call first party sources. Um you know, tooting yeah. their horn about how great it is. So that, that is a good sign. What's funny to me is we've been talking about, you know, for months how Horizon Call of the Mountains sounds like it's on rails. <laughs> and yeah. these people keep mentioning, yeah, it's kind of like it's on rails. That means it's on rails, guys. So, yes. And that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, what, what worries me a little bit about that, what disappoints me a little bit about that, and it's, I'm saying this without having even, obviously, never played it. I mean, I'm speculating, but. What I loved about Astro, what was it called Astrobot, Astro World? Uh, Astro's Playroom. Yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I loved about Astro's Playroom was 
it showcased the five and the controller, the dual sense so well. Like in the sense that it showed you everything that PlayStation wanted you to know about it. But also it was yeah. an awesome experience and it was an awesome game. Yeah. And I want Call of the Mountain to do the same thing. And, I, and I'm a little worried that our on rails experience might not do that. But on the other hand, maybe it will do it really well because if you're on rails, you can kind of really make things happen when you want them to. So so maybe maybe it kind of plays out. I kind of talked myself back into it. So I think I'm okay <laughs> with it. All right. Yeah. So six, seven hours, though, is good for that, I think. Yeah, and in fairness, of all the things that I read, uh, Call of the Mountain is the game that everyone was most impressed with and said that okay. like this is the game that if you want to show somebody PSVR 2, like you put this game on and put the headset on with this mm-hmm. one and like this is the one you use to show it off. So. Yeah, definitely. It definitely sounds like that you know, they built it to be the showcase and they're using one of their, you know, most popular, most famous, most recognizable IPs, which is what yeah. anybody would do. That's like brilliant. So, um, you know, the fact that Eurogamer is saying they're basically a VR nerd and this is basically the best VR they've ever played or experienced. I think that's a pretty big stamp of approval. So they're not doing anything to to scare any of us away, which is good. I just, I want to see all of it at once. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's time to shit or get off the pot. Like <laughs> we, we we need a showcase in general for PlayStation Studios. We need a showcase or a state of play for PSVR two. Like we need this info. We're not going to get both at the same time. I don't think I, they have because that's just like information overload. But I think both are we're due for both, and one has got to be coming relatively soon. I would think because if this headset's going to come out in February or March. You know, you got to start, you got to start giving people a price, you know, a date, you got to put a pre-order date on it, that sort of thing. So, but I'm, everything that I saw this week, uh, everything mentioned here has me even more excited for it. I do find it odd, but also hopeful that everything is overwhelmingly positive about it. Literally, the only thing that I saw anyone say negative is that you can feel the cord on your back or you know you can feel it over your shoulder or whatever as you move around or whatever that's just the nature of it because it's not a wireless headset so that's the only thing negative i heard is like oh yeah there's the cord and it's it's really long but you can feel it on your back i'm like okay well i mean whatever (laughs) horizon call the mountain it's linear it's somewhat on rails it's exactly what i described last week shout out to the guy who wanted to argue with me on twitter it's you're on a boat ride you get off here and there climb some shit go into an arena, fight a dinosaur, get back on the boat, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe not back on the boat, but you're definitely on a path. That's what it is. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine. But the there's some other ones that I'm really excited about too. Um, th- there's a Walking Dead game that people got to preview. Uh, that seems that seems like fun too. So yeah, we're, uh, we're getting there. The fact that people have been hands-on with it, I think the next step is, like I said, that sort of like state of play or like big info dump on the headset. Number three, Ubisoft Forward took place last weekend on September the 10th, right after we recorded last week's show, of course. It was a rather hearty affair filled with several game reveals and announcements. Here's a recap of everything relevant to PlayStation that Ubisoft said. Their pre-show announced that Trackmania will be coming to PS4 and PS5 in early 2023 as a free-to-play title. A new trailer for open-world pirate game Skull and Bones was shown and revealed some of the weaponry that players will use. And there's rumors that an open beta will take place on October the 7th, Travis. 
After that, Just Dance 2023 showed a gameplay trailer and, and announced it will launch on PS5 on November 22nd, leaving the last-gen systems behind, believe it or not. We got the first official footage of The Division Heartland, courtesy of a trailer that showed off the game's location, known as Silver Creek. New tracks are coming to the crew, too, as part of its sixth season, which began this week. Konami and Ubisoft are collaborating to bring Simon Belmont and Alucard from the Castlevania series to free-to-play platform Brawler Brawlhalla on October the 19th. Ubisoft also held a showcase within the showcase to break down the future of the Assassin's Creed franchise, and uh, this was really the meat of the show. And there's honestly too much to cover in detail, but here's a good overview courtesy of website Gaming Nexus. What about those guys? For starters, Ubisoft is splitting its Quebec and Montreal teams into two quote-unquote creative tracks, with Quebec focusing on RPGs in the series and Montreal focusing on more unique experiences. With that in mind, Assassin's Creed Mirage was confirmed to be set in Baghdad and is a shorter, narrative-driven title featuring Valhalla's Basim as the protagonist that is launching in 2023. Mirage will also be the final Assassin's Creed game to come to last-gen consoles. We also learned later in the week that Ubisoft is attempting to recreate the fan-favorite parkour of Assassin's Creed Unity. Assassin's Creed Codename Red was announced. It is an open-world RPG set in feudal Japan, there you go, with a female protagonist. No release date was announced, but presumably sometime around 2026. Another mainline Assassin's Creed game was announced called Codename Hexi. The teaser trailer and, uh, and reports from insider Tom Henderson, excuse me, suggest that this game is set during the 16th century European witch hunts. Ubisoft did confirm that it will not be an open world RPG. Outside of the mainline titles, Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Infinity, which has long been rumored to be a live service game. It's not that exactly, but rather is an animus-like central hub for Assassin's Creed games and experiences in the future, starting with Red and Hexy. Also coming to Infinity will be a standalone multiplayer experience codenamed Invictus. And finally, Netflix is adapting Assassin's Creed for a live-action television series. Okay, so that's everything from Ubisoft's Ford showcase from last week. What do you think? You know, Trek Media is interesting. Um, it has the potential to be really big. because There's like some legitimate traction for Trek Media, like if you get on YouTube or Steam or um, whatever... Uh, when people watch games on Twitch, like there's dudes who do some wild ass like speed run stuff on these tracks on track media. So not surprised it's coming to console. Um it, it has the potential to be pretty big, I think, especially as free to play. I think it'll be on the charts for a while. Yeah. Skull and Bones, like we've talked about this a million times. I still think it's gonna suck, but I'll definitely play the beta just for, for funsies. I can't believe just just dance still exists. <laughs> yeah. I just anyway. Uh, the division looked like the division, so I'm glad it still exists. I'd given up hope on the Heartlands being a real thing, so it's nice that it exists again. Um, it's back into the ether, so I like this. Interested to see what we can do in Silver Creek together. Hopefully, Hell yeah. Hopefully, uh, kill some bullet sponges. That's what I anticipate coming through there. Hell yeah. As, as far as all the uh, you know Assassin's Creed news goes, having two different creative tracks, it, it seems like the right way to split up um, your teams if you're ubisoft i think that's a decent idea just because you can really you know you can really build the studios around people that you know you know let's say um quebec's doing the rpgs in the series right so you you get people kind of like-minded in that in that studio that, that are going to build in a certain way and yeah, do the same point. do the same in montreal with the unique experiences and like for me personally like i think i i'll probably enjoy 
I'll probably enjoy the unique experiences more just because of the way I like to play and because it has the potential to do some really weird stuff, which would make Assassin's Creed more interesting to me than kind of what yeah. we're used to. Mirage is interesting to me. Um, I like that it's narrative driven. I like that it's shorter. Not excited about Baghdad. I need to know like kind of, I'm just not really that excited about Baghdad. I mean, we just left Baghdad and now we're going back in. <laughs> in in the virtual world, so I don't know if I want to do that or not. Um, uh huh. Obviously, Hexy sounds really cool to me. Like I'm excited to be there in the witch hunt. I think that'll be a blast. Yeah, that sounds dope. And the in the feudal Japan could be really cool too. Um, like we said earlier, it's kind of in the ether now. So all those have potential to be really cool. I Infinity, I understand the concept, I think, but it doesn't really draw me in. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm and I'm not I'm not interested in the multiplayer. I doubt I'll enjoy that at all. But the the um the Netflix series, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the way I see Assassin's Creed is kind of like Hitman and Max Payne. Like if you can do it right, it has the potential to be a really good series or a really good movie. Yeah. But I don't, Max Payne wasn't done very well. Neither was Hitman. So I'm always going to be a little bit skeptical. But like you know, people really like The Witcher. Yeah. True. That makes me it gives me a little bit of hope. But like like if they nail what what Assassin's Creed could be on on like in a Netflix type series like that could be that could be amazing so I'm kind of you know I'll say I'm I'm mid to high excited about that I'm more excited about that actually than I am any of the games because I, I just think oh I just think seeing it in that way will be different for me yeah you know so we'll see first of all Ubisoft I felt like had a pretty good showcase as well it was a it was way longer than I expected it to be it's like over an hour, I think, if I remember correctly. But just working my way through the list here, the Division Heartland, very excited about that. We've talked about that on the show on and off. I think that sounds like a 2023 thing at this point. I I, don't, I can't imagine that it comes out this year, but they are in beta, so I don't know. I guess that could be a surprise like over the winter, but looking forward to that. The Assassin's Creed showcase, I thought was, the showcase within the showcase, I thought was very good. I'm I'm actually very interested in in almost everything that they're doing, and I think they're all interesting in their own way. Uh, first off, Mirage very much sounds like my shit. It's you know more closer to the original games in terms of focus on assassination and stealth and parkour. Like, thank you, like Jesus. So looking forward to that quite a bit. Hopefully that turns out to be good. Red the the settings awesome feudal Japan, but the nature of they're open world games where it's like a hundred plus hours. I just can't really digest that anymore. Like it, it, it takes a lot it, it, for me to be able to sit down and, and play a game like that anymore. So I don't know if I'll be able to do that, but it, it does sound cool. But the one that maybe I think is the most intriguing out of all of this is Hexy, the witch hunt uh, game that is not an open world RPG. That sounds like a very interesting setting and very unique. Maybe the most unique uh of settings or backdrops that assassin's creed has has had over the years so that is extremely exciting um so we'll see we'll see if they can pull all this off but uh, some really cool announcements number four activision and developer infinity ward held their call of duty next live stream this week to reveal the immediate future of the franchise with updates on modern warfare 2 warzone 2.0 and more here's a recap of everything from the event also courtesy of gaming nexus and as a matter of fact, I'm just going to read my own article to uh, summarize this because yeah. it took us two I, didn't episodes. Wanna... <laughs> I didn't want to type it twice. And, uh, you know, I did a pretty damn good job. 
So here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hate all of this. <laughs> all right. Some co-host you are. You're supposed to, supposed to love and support me. I support you. I really do. All right. Activision and their collective of Call of Duty teams peeled back the curtains on the upcoming Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer suite in Warzone 2.0 at this week's Call of Duty Next event. On the Modern Warfare 2 front, developer Infinity Ward has focused on emergent gameplay this time out, adding features like swimming and aquatic combat, sliding and diving on floors, ledge hanging, and more for your operator. While in vehicles, players can now lean out of windows to shoot, mantle onto vehicle roofs, destroy specific parts of vehicles like doors or bumpers, and blow out tires. A variety of new vehicles and equipment are being added as well for Modern Warfare 2. Two new tanks, an armored personnel carrier, and a hatchback car are some of the new rides you can wreak havoc in. A tactical camera, shock stick, drill charge, DDoS attack, yes, and an inflatable decoy are now equipment gadgets you can expect to tinker with as well. The gunsmith weapon customization system received a major overhaul as well, with weapon platforms taking center stage as the palette for, for creating your favorite loadout. In terms of maps and modes, maps will come in two varieties at launch, battle maps for up to 64 players and core maps for the traditional count of 12 players. Three brand new game modes are incoming, Knockout, Prisoner Rescue, and Invasion. Modern Warfare 2 will also include a third-person perspective set of playlists for the first time since 2009's original Modern Warfare 2, not to be confused with this year's Modern Warfare 2. Other inclusions in this year's title are a firing range for weapon and loadout testing that will not affect your stats, the Special Ops 2-player cooperative mode, and raids. Raids are new, and they are arriving post-launch and are designed for a team of three players to tackle cooperatively. Not to be outdone, Warzone 2.0 is officially announced as well, although it will not launch until November the 16th and will still be free to play. Players will drop into Al-Mazra, the largest Warzone map to date. You can expect the full array of features and equipment from Modern Warfare 2, but there are also a few key changes in to the Battle Royale. For starters, the safe zones will split into multiple circles instead of the traditional single circle. Towards the end of each round, the circles will reconverge as one, creating some new and interesting uh, gameplay dynamics. The Gulag is also mixing things up, with the battle for a second chance at life now being a 2v2 affair, teaming you up with a random partner. And finally, a special extraction-style game mode is coming to Warzone 2.0 called DMZ, which the development team said they will share more details on later. And uh, that's actually not everything that they announced, but everything pertinent. So what do you think of uh, the new additions? And actually, you and I have been playing a little bit. We played last night, so we can speak to this a little bit. But what do you make of it? Yeah, do you want to go through that now? Yeah, we might as well. Okay. It's, it's relevant. Uh, just quickly on Warzone, the thing I thought was interesting about Warzone was the multiple bubbles that kind of go back into one. Yeah. That is an interesting wrinkle. I'm surprised nobody's thought yeah. of it before. And I'm surprised when, when I read it that I hadn't thought of that before. Uh, it seems so yeah. obvious that it could be, a, it, just, it just makes things a little more hectic, which is kind of fun. But as I far agree. as actually playing, two things I really like off the jump, that they have a core m- maps and then they have the huge maps, right? It gives you two, two ways to play. I, I love that. That's awesome. Excited for what the raids could be because we, we, we know we're both losers. We have two friends, so three people's great. Uh, four people co-op is way too much for us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's right, all task. And the co-op looks really cool too. Like, you know, one can play above, one can play below. So uh-huh. I can't complain about either of those things, right? Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So as far as playing, you know, we both played the beta, uh, played last night. Got to say just my generalized impression before we go into details, my overall general impression uh, was positive. I um, didn't mind the gunplay. Uh, the maps seemed 
familiar. Like when we loaded into the first map, I thought I thought yeah. I had played the map before. I was like, "Oh, I've I've know this map." I think I said that, and I was like, "I don't yeah, know this you map." Did. But I think they're familiar because they're set up in ways that the older COD boards were played. There's there's a little yeah. bit of levelation. They're all a little bit different, obviously, but there's levelation. There's narrow pinch points. There's there's more areas where you can kind of, you know, if you want to play like just a corner of the map, there's more areas for that, mm-hmm. but not every map has the same amount of those areas. Like we, we played one map where you're kind of in this like bizarre. Yeah. And there's like one area where you can kind of be up in a building and you can see three different ways, but that's really the only area on the map where you can kind of see like that. Right. And there's a, and there's one major lane down the middle of the map. And then we go to this other map where you're in a museum. There, there's not really like the, the museum map is actually pretty interesting. Like I'm not sure I've played a multiplayer map quite like it, because it, 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 there's a huge open area, but it still feels closed off. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting. And, and the sight lines on it are actually really, really good. The fact that you can mount now, yeah, uh, I love that. So, that back. Yeah, that, that really changes how you can play the game. So the mounting, the mounting really makes the maps more versatile to me. But yeah, like, so the gunplay is like, you know, the guns are all a little bit different. The animations like where you switch to your pistol and stuff are really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I like all the guns. I hung on the ledge and killed a guy yesterday with a pistol. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I died. I died once because two guys dove, and I thought they were dead. I thought they, I thought they got blown up. So they dove in front of me, <laughs> and I just stood there, and one of them just shotgunned my face off. There's something about it that feels old school. Of course, by old school, it's like, what, 10 years ago? There's something about yeah. it that feels nostalgic, but feels revamped. It feels updated. I really enjoyed it so far. Uh, my favorite thing to play with, actually, like my favorite special, is the DDoS. Like, oh, because like when you when you use it and you jam somebody, obviously, like you get points for it. Like it's like plus twenty, you jam somebody or whatever. But like when it hits, like it's just when it hits, I'm like immediately on the hunt, right? Because it's like I hit somebody, right? I know they're close, and I've jammed all their shit, so they don't know where I am. So I'm right. immediately like, I'm like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. I'm like, who the fuck's going down, right? <laughs> all of that to say i really um i had fun and it's i just i think it's like the one i know i've played for one night but it's probably the most i've enjoyed a call of duty in a decade probably yeah so everything that they announced that's coming to the game all the features everything that i just read off i'm i'm in i'm into it it's it's all it's all sound it all sounds awesome we haven't obviously experienced everything yet in the beta and it the beta doesn't include everything that i just read either but this is a Call of Duty game for me. And the way I described it on Twitter is, to me, it's like they they mixed Modern Warfare 2019 with Insurgency Sandstorm. Yes. And that, to me, yeah, to me, like, that's perfect. Like, it feels perfect to me. Like, people are complaining about how loud the guns are and, like, how disorienting <laughs> the flashbangs are. And, like... Okay. Yeah, go to fucking war, buddy. Like, it's... Come on. And they're like, well, this... Is, Call of Duty's never been a military sim. Well, this still isn't a military sim, but this oh. is, like... But like you don't my problem is is that if you want to play a game that that is more arcadey then they're they're out there you know there's, there's apex yeah there's apex there's fortnite there's all kinds of games like that there's pubg like whatever but to me this is an actual it like advancement in my opinion of the call of duty series and People were complaining about camping or whatever, but like I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I really encountered anybody camping while we were playing mm-hmm. last night. Like, yeah, I can hear footsteps, 
just like you can on insurgency. But like, I don't ever, mm-hmm. I didn't, I never really encountered anybody camping. No, I mean, I bet anytime you, uh, to be, anytime you have a map that's huge with a hundred players or 64 players, people are going to camp. So if that's the mode they're playing, yeah. then get the fuck over it because that's all they do on Fortnite and every other game. that's a fucking war zone. They don't tell me they don't camp on a war zone. Yeah, of course, of course they do. So I'm into it. I like it a lot. I'm excited to play more with uh with you and John tonight. Uh, very much enjoying it so far. And the the just the sound design, the weapon design, the way it feels, everything is just epic. Matter of, as a matter of fact, Infinity Ward hired some of the people from Insurgency Sandstorm who I know for a fact were responsible for like the weapon animations and reloading animations, and that that definitely shows in this game that that talent is there. So. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the full release and seeing all this other stuff that I mentioned as well, like the spec ops mode, the raids for three players and so on. Like it sounds like a really, really robust game with a lot of stuff to do. And, you know, I I think that's great. And I might even try out Warzone 2.0 if, uh, you know, if the DMZ thing ends up being cool. So yeah. One last thing I'll say about it. Well, two last things. One, I got a quad kill. Everybody can suck it. (laughs) You did. Um, but, I was playing fast, like I was playing right. fast, and I noticed it, and I thought, I haven't, I haven't been able to do this, or and I, or I haven't done this in ten years. I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, I haven't played like that since college. I was mm-hmm. running around. I mean, I was playing fucking fast, and my eyes were burning, and I was like, this, this is good. This, <laughs> this is a good thing. Like, it means it's a good game that I can like. It's keeping my attention. Number five, we also have a bunch of news nuggets as well, Travis and. As always, feel free to jump in here. First nugget, PlayStation officially announced that Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will come to PC on October the 19th after it leaked, I think, either last week or the week before. Also, Capcom announced new details on Street Fighter VI. Players can create their own character for use in the World Tour mode. Fighters Ken, Blanca, Dalsum, and E-Honda will be joining the character roster. And the game is getting a closed beta from October the 7th through the 10th on PlayStation 5. Signups are open now on the game's website. As a matter of fact, the entire launch roster leaked later in the week, mm-hmm. and all of the roster includes, skipping down here a little bit, Luke, Jamie, Manon, Kimberly, Marissa, Lily, JP, Jury, or Yuri maybe, DJ, Kami, Ryu, E-Honda, Blanca, Guile, Ken, Chun-Li, Zangief, and Dalsum. So mm-hmm. that's the entire roster in the... Yeah, I also read that if you want to sign up for the closed beta, you better get on it quick. They only have like, I think they said they have 100,000 spots, basically like 100,000 codes to give out. And as of this morning, there were still 100,000 available. So make sure you get in <laughs> early. <laughs> I was going to say, no way. I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, next nugget. Award-winning point-and-click adventure game at Norco. Not Narco. Norco is coming to PS4. PS4 and PS5 on October the 20th. Developer Team Ninja's next game, Woe Long, Fallen Dynasty, dropped a free demo on PlayStation 5 this week. It will be live until September the 25th, and those that complete it will get a special Crouching Dragon helmet, but no Hidden Tiger helmet. Mm. When the game launches <laughs> early next year. Woe Long, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Website Video Games Chronicle reported that the British Competition and Markets Authority has officially expanded their investigation into the Microsoft Activision acquisition to Phase 2 due to several concerns. In a statement to GamesIndustry.biz, Sony welcomed the news, saying, quote, By giving Microsoft control of Activision games like Call of Duty, 
This deal would have major negative implications for gamers and the future of the gaming industry. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality gaming experience, and we appreciate the CMA's focus on protecting gamers, end quote. I think Sony's got to tread carefully here. I think they might dig themselves a grave somehow on some of this stuff. I'm sure. Because they can't uh, play two sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Also, Stranger Things actor David Harbour has signed on to play a lead role in PlayStation's upcoming Gran Turismo film. And also Orlando Bloom has joined as a marketing executive in the film. And uh, oh. by the way, filming begins next week. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I like David Harbour. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and... When you so when you said Orlando Bloom, what I pictured? Do you remember the kid that used to hide in the trunk in Speed Racer? That's what I pictured him playing, which is it's awful. Apparently, he's kind of like the bad guy or like antagonist, if you will, in a way. Which one? Orlando Bloom. Oh, Harbor is going to be. I should have put this in there. Some type of news writer. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in my article on Gaming Nexus, but not here for the oh podcast. But Harbor. <laughs> David Harbour is going to play a retired race car driver who trains the kid who won the the competition, uh, the Nissan competition. So yeah, and like that's pretty. That's I mean they're treading on like a real story. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, Rockstar Games co-founder Dan Hauser, Dick Hauser, has joined the advisory board of blockchain game studio Revolving Games after also participating in the developer's thirteen point two million dollar fundraising campaign. Electronic Arts announced that The Sims 4 is going free-to-play on October 18th on PS4 and PS5. The exclusivity period for Arcane-developed FPS Deathloop has ended on PlayStation 5, as ads on the Xbox Store appeared this week, on the same day of its one-year launch anniversary on PS5. Speaking of Deathloop, they are dropping an update on the 20th called the Golden Loop Update. It's adding a new weapon, a new ability, some other stuff, and it's all for free. Next Nugget. EA Sports will launch the FIFA 23 web app on September the 21st, followed by the FIFA 23 companion app on the 22nd, which will allow players to manage their ultimate team on the go. Publisher Square Enix announced that they will end service on developer Platinum Games' online brawler Babylon's Fall on February 28th, and the game has already been pulled for sale from storefronts. So that didn't last very long at all. They only had one player, I think, on uh, Steam. Electronic Arts and Koei Tecmo studio Omega Force announced a partnership to develop and publish a new IP, which they are calling, quote-unquote, the next great hunting game, based on (laughs) fantasy feudal Japan. More details will be announced later this month. I wonder what you're hunting. I I don't know. It sounds like Monster Hunter. Uh. Also, Ubisoft announced that its AAA titles will be priced at $70 moving forward, with the occasional exception to maintain competition with other publishers. Oh, so like 90 occasionally. (laughs) It yeah, won't go exactly. down, right? That's what I imagined. Exactly. Also, Master Detective Archives Rain Code, the next game from the creators of Danganronpa, has, annou- has been announced for PS5, but no release date was given. Blizzard revealed a new Overwatch 2 hero called Kiriko and shared details of the upcoming free-to-play game's first battle pass, which will include 80 tiers of content. A two-hour demo for JRPG Star Ocean The Divine Force is coming to PS4 and PS5 on September the 20th. Battlefield franchise leader Vince Sampella told Outlet Barons that with Battlefield 2042, developer DICE colored outside the lines a bit, saying, quote, I think they just strayed a little too far from what Battlefield is. They tried to do a couple of things that were maybe ambitious, grow the player count, etc. I don't think they spent enough time iterating on what makes that fun, end quote. I thought that was interesting that he's coming in and 
So basically trashing those guys a little bit. Yeah, I might have to disagree with them. Yeah, yeah, it is fun, but it, it's taken a while to get there. Next nugget, PlayStation players who pre-order Modern Warfare 2 digitally will get an exclusive Oni Operator DLC pack on day one with a high-level weapon bl- blueprint and operator outfit. Elden Ring was named at 2022's best game at the Japan Game Awards this week. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that newly founded studio Ruckus Games, or Rukus Games perhaps, which is comprised of former Gearbox and Riot staff, have raised $5.5 million for their debut game. That's a lot because Ubisoft only, it only costs them $70 now to make a game. <laughs> Publisher Sega, or Sega, or Sega, has retired the Yakuza brand and all future games in the series will be titled Like a Dragon. Touch for the very first time. Chinese communist corporation Tencent has acquired a minority stake in Mordhau developer Triturnian, so won't be buying that game. Publisher THQ Nordic has established a new studio called Campfire Cabal, great name, to focus on making narrative RPGs. Interesting. Mobile firm App11 has backed out of negotiations to purchase game engine firm Unity. Website Pushquare reported that Fallout 76's latest free update called Ruined Pittsburgh is available now and sees players returning to the pit. Forspoken co-director Takeshi Terada told website 3D Wagos that the game will take around 30 to 40 hours to complete the main story. The game also received some positive preview coverage this week, surprisingly. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection has received VRR support in its latest update on PS5. Current PlayStation Plus game Toem received a new region as free DLC this week. Fall Guys Season 2 launches this week and brings a wealth of space-themed content to the free-to-play game. I hope they have a David Bowie skin. Kojima Productions has begun teasing something. In a post this week, the developer shared a photo of someone with their face blacked out and the words, Who am I? The photo appears to be of actress Elle Fanning. Although nothing has been officially announced, both Fanning and Hideo Kojima do follow each other on Instagram. And uh, this started to get reported in the news. Someone discovered this on Twitter. But I do, you know, I'm just a little bit salty because I actually tweeted it from the podcast uh, Twitter a whole five minutes before this asshole hmm. uh, that it was L, that it was L Fanning. So whatever, you know, but uh, yeah, it's L Fanning. It seems pretty obvious, but who knows what it's for. Also, Bandai Namco announced that open world RPG Dragon Ball Z Kakarot will be getting a PS5 upgrade sometime in 2023. It will be free for current owners of the game. It is also getting three new story based uh, expansions the first of which is called Bardock Alone Against Fate. First-person psychological horror game The Dark World Karma was announced for PS4 and PS5, but no release date was given. Cooperative spaceship rescue game Fueled Up will launch on PS4 on October the 13th. First-person psychological horror game Unholy will come to PS5 at some point next year. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that the leaker insider known as The Real Insider on Twitter has claimed PlayStation will reveal a new AAA IP in the next few weeks. No idea what that could be, but I'm all for a showcase. A new Dying Light 2 update dropped this week and added a new agent, new enemies, new weapons, and new bounties. The game is also getting a proper DLC on October the 13th. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. 13. The Division 2, Final Fantasy 14, F122, Saints Row, Battlefield 2042, Sniper Elite 5, Fallout 76, Genshin Impact, 
For Honor, Fall Guys, Jurassic World Evolution 2, and Marvel's Avengers. So if you've been waiting for some fixes or content, you might want to look into those. Also, Stray is getting a physical edition on PS4, launching on November the 8th. The PS5 physical edition releases on September the 20th. Publisher Square Enix stated in their August investor briefing that they are open to a joint venture or even to selling majority stakes in the studios it owns due to rising development costs. And I feel like we had talked about that on the show, but it was news this week, so I put it in there anyway, but who knows. In other Square news, they reconfirmed that Final Fantasy 16 will be launching on PS5 in the summer of 2023 and also released some new artwork. Focus Entertainment has acquired developer Black Mill Games, the studio behind the World War I game series, like the recently released Isonzo, or Isonzo, however you say it. Developer Quantic Dream has said that their upcoming game, Star Wars Eclipse, will have the fundamental elements of their previous games, such as strong characters, multiple playable characters, and their decisions changing how the story ends, or unfolds, excuse me. God, I can't read. Mm -hmm. Strong characters, wow. Website Gamatsu reported that publisher Koei Tecmo announced Atelier Ryza 3, Alchemist of the End, and The Secret Key for PS4 and PS5. It will launch worldwide on February 24th. Square Enix released Adventure Game and Daily Life Simulator Various Day Life on PS4 this week. Whatever. Square also announced Rhythm Game Theatrhythm. Theatrhythm. I have no idea how to say that. Final Bar Line for PS4. It will launch worldwide on February 16th. JRPG Octopath Traveler 2 was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch worldwide on February 24th. That's about all the babies that came out of Octomom. (laughs) Oh, that's only the second one, too. (laughs) Also, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered will release on PS4 and PS5 on December the 1st. It's better than um, Romancing Saga Minstrel... (laughs) Period. What am I trying to say? <laughs> You're trying to make a menstruation joke, but there you go. It was just you failed. Of... Yeah. Also, Koei Tecmo will bring survival horror game Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse to PS4 and PS5 sometime in early 2023. This will be the first time the game is playable outside of Japan, where it first launches a Wii exclusive in July of 2008. And I mean like a Wii console exclusive, not like a small exclusive. <laughs> Game Mill Entertainment will launch Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway on PS4 and PS5 on October the 7th. That's what they call your bedroom, isn't it? Slime Speedway. Oh, hell yeah. And it's green. (laughs) Coming of Age Adventure Game Loop 8 Summer of Gods will make its way to PS4 in the West sometime next spring. Developer Soleil, the team behind the upcoming Square Enix published action RPG Valkyrie Elysium, announced mech combat action game Vengeance is Mine for PS5. It will launch sometime in the first half of 2024. Disney Dreamlight Valley will add a Toy Story realm with Woody and Buzz sometime this fall. Action RPG Infinity Strash Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die was announced for PS4 and PS5, but no release date was given. Free-to-play multiplayer survival action game Deathverse Let It Die will launch on, uh, launch on September the 28th Excuse me for PS4 and PS5. Publisher Tiny Build will bring pixel art action RPG Undungeon to PS4 on September the 29th. A demo for Square Enix published action RPG Valkyrie Elysium, or Valkyrie Elysium, I've said it two different times now, it went live on PS4 and PS5 this week. Save data, save data will carry over to the full game for those who purchase it when it launches on September 29th. Fast-paced shooter Marfusha was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch sometime this winter. 
Sega and developer Ryuga Gotoku Studio announced two other titles at this week's Tokyo Game Show. Action-adventure game Like a Dragon, Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name for PS4 and PS5. It's launching sometime next year. And turn-based RPG Like a Dragon 8 for PS4 and PS5, launching in early 2024. Ryuga Gotoku also revealed that they are looking into moving development over to Unreal Engine 5 as their in-house Dragon Engine is getting quite old. Old as a dragon. Fighting game The Rumblefish 2 will launch on PS4 and PS5 on December the 8th. Party game Garfield and Lasagna Party <laughs> was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch sometime in November. Bandai Namco announced Tales of Symphonia remastered for PS4, launching worldwide in early 2023. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion will launch on PS4 and PS5 on December the 13th. Twin Stick Shoot'em Up Never Awake was announced to launch on PS4 and PS5 on January 19th. Journey developer That Game Company announced that Sky Children of Light will be coming to PS4 and perhaps PS5 this December. Pixel art turn-based deck-building RPG Solvars Solvars will launch on consoles sometime in 2023. Exploration game Sable is making its way to PlayStation 5 later this year with new features and support for the DualSense controller's haptic feedback. That game is very cool. Very cool. Lego-building game Lego Bricktails. Bricked up, homie. Will launch on PS4 and PS5 on October the 12th. I already mentioned the Deathloop Golden Loop update, but I also did forget that it's coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on the 20th, so you'll be able to download it and play it for free if you have those uh, that tier and get all the new upgrades. But also, developer Future Lab announced that Power Wash Simulator will be coming Ooh. to PS4 and PS5, quote-unquote, soon. So, <laughs> One Piece Odyssey will launch on, on uh, PS4 and PS5 worldwide on January 13th, a slight delay from its previously vague 2022 release window. Single-player horror adventure game Saturnalia Saturnalia will launch on PS4 and PS5 on October the 27th. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection will feature a voiced 3D version of Mega Man.exe.exe. I don't know idea. And the Cap and and the Capcom and Capcom also confirmed that online battles and chip trading are in development for each title in the series. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. <laughs> Capcom also announced that Resident Evil 4 will be coming to PS4 as well when it launches on March 24th, so we're going to support last gen. Ayudan Chronicle Rising is getting a physical release on PS4 and PS5 on January 26th. Elsewhere, the main game, which is releasing next year, Ayudan Chronicle 100 Heroes, released a new Tokyo Game Show trailer this week. Along those lines... Konami announced Suikoden 1 and 2 HD Remaster, Gate Rune, and Dunan Unification for PS4. It will launch sometime next year. Rail Shooter Operation Wolf Returns First Mission was announced to be, or First Mission, as a, maybe it is First Mission, was announced to be getting revi- revived and headed to PS4 and PS5 sometime this fall. And finally, Travis, mercifully, PlayStation confirmed that Hollow Knight Silksong will be coming to PS4 and PS5 at some point in the future. And that is all for the news this week. I'll turn it over to Travis now for this this week's new games. On the 13th, we had Little Orpheus. The aforementioned I've got a Little Orpheus. Do you? We also have Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden, and you know that the Rolling Stones are not in that game. <laughs> Windstorm, start of a great friendship. For some reason, that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> All right. On the 14th, we have Cube with a Q, 10th anniversary, 
Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy. Also on VR, we have Anyone's Diary. That sounds awful. On the 15th, we have Arcade Archives Rompers. We also have Blind Fate Ido no Yami. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, we don't also eat, have Don't Ido the Yami. Despot's game. Is it a despot like a like a homeless person or like a poor person? Despot is like, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin. So not homeless. Yeah. We also have Fire Commander. Uh-huh. Inertial Drift, Twilight Rivals Edition. Metal Hellsinger. Yeah. Outer Wilds. I feel like Outer Wilds has been a thing forever. Yeah. That's a PS5 upgrade for that is all it is. We also have Paddles. SBK 22. Does that mean Spring Break 22? I don't know. Uh, we have Wayward Strand. On the 16th, we have Plunder Panic and Trash Soldiers, which sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a fantastic game. Uh, yeah, that's it this week. I'm trying to think. What is what is big here? Hmm. Nothing. Probably, it's really not a good week. But So probably, honestly, the Metal Hellsinger is the, is the best one this week. Uh, it's getting really good reviews. So check that out, I guess. It's a first-person rhythm-based shooter uh, set to heavy metal music and uh yeah so anyway that's all of the new games this week and we'll start to wrap the show up here like we always do by discussing what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to we of course already discussed the modern warfare 2 beta but what else has been going on um we play i think we play battlefield do we play battlefield Mm -hmm. i don't remember any of it so it must have went really well (laughs) you might have been asleep i might have felt fallen asleep I do. I've been using the V car a lot, and I unlocked another scope for it that I've enjoyed. So I kind of swap back and forth on the scope depending on you know what our distance is, where I am, at my medium range, short range, etc. And I've been just crushing that lately. The V car actually is probably my favorite gun on the game. Yeah, it's great. I just unlocked the new SMG, and I played one board with it, and I enjoyed it. So I haven't gotten too far down the road with that SMG, but it's been fun so far. What? Uh, which one is that? The something forty, right? Oh, okay. I don't remember what it's called. Um, you know, it's like it's like new hires at work. I don't remember what you're called. <laughs> we didn't play multiverses this week, I don't think, did we? No, we did not. We talked about it because Gizmo's on there, but I'm sure we'll get around to it eventually, probably after we get through the beta time on COD. Um, so maybe yeah. sometime next week we'll run into some multiverses. The other game that I played that I'm pretty excited to talk about is Gran Turismo 7. I got on the other night. Oh, wow. to, I was. I decided to play around because, you know, last week I was kicking ass in the carts. So, you know, got on last Sunday. It's like the last day before we get our new races. So I thought, you know, I'd get on here and just see if I could snake a couple more wins or whatever. So I did a couple of races, didn't win. And I decided to see, you know, because usually towards the end of the week, everybody gets faster. So, like, it's almost easier to climb up the leaderboard at the beginning of the week. So I jumped in. I I was like, Six thousandth in the world or something like that and um I, I think i put it i just lapped for like 30 minutes just trying to get fast and the carts are so finicky that like it's really hard to string together really good sectors and every four five six laps you'll manage to put a lap together that's decent because they're all momentum based so if you fuck up one lap you basically mess up two so right anyway after i got done with that i was 383 in the world when i got off so i was pretty excited to be top 500 like top 500 is a really good place to be i think if you're top 500 you can be competitive pretty much in any race that you're in as long as you don't make any mistakes so that's awesome love that Uh, but then i went to do some other 
laps, you know, some other races came up, the new races came up, and I decided I was going to do just some time trials to see how quick I was. And I discovered the new damage model. I knew there was an update, and I had forgotten. There was a new update, I knew that, but I would forgotten that this damage model was a part of it because I've heard the damage model is a thing for years. And, you know, GT Sport for four years, they would tell us damage models updated and then nothing would be different. So I was going through a chicane, and the chicane is really tricky. It's like to have a really fast lap on the particular chicane at Dragon Tail, you have to commit. You have to, like, hit it hard and, like, maybe let off. Like, that's really all you can do. If you touch the brakes, you're going to lose so much time. So you kind of have to commit. And you basically make or break your lap there. So, of course, the first lap, because it's the first lap I've done all day, I'm going to crash. But, you know, I just full commit into it. I misjudge it, and I barely tap the wall coming out. And one of the damage things that you've always had is the arrow would change, but, and, like, you couldn't turn as well. And it, but, it, but it was negligible, right? And your car would drive a little bit slower, but you couldn't really feel it. Like it would just, it would just be slower because you have engine damage, quote unquote. Well, I had engine damage and like to the point that like the car sounded like it wasn't, you could tell it wasn't revving right. Like it was off. Hmm. It just, the, the, the acceleration was, all of it was wrong. So you're, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I noticed I also had damage on the left front because that's the side where I hit and my wheel, my force feedback on the wheel for me to drive straight. I had to, turn the wheel to the right Uh, that's cool because the wheel was broke yeah Um, obviously the cars don't show damage the wheel wasn't hanging off but the fact that that's a thing now like that's a huge step for gran turismo especially on the on the force feedback side like i could feel the engine this i could feel the weird engine like on the paddles and in the in in the you know on the force feedback but i could also feel it it was just so cool when i came out of the turn and i went to go straight and i had to turn the wheel like i was yeah. just so happy because like a lot of the rally games already have that built in and it, right. it's so much more challenging obviously you can imagine and the fact that that's a thing now and like when you're racing online it really makes you pay for making a mistake and you know if you're running in the top five and you hit the wall like that and you have the, the engine issue will last long enough that you literally will drop out of contention like I've seen people online that are like showing how the model works and they'll bump the wall and they'll go from fifth to last in like, Damn. in like a third of a lap. And it, it's, it's nice that it makes you pay in that way, as opposed to like, you know, in the past you'd hit the wall and it would give you a two second penalty. Well, like depending on where the penalty area was set up, it kind of wasn't a penalty because sometimes yeah. they'd set it up in a braking zone and it's like, you're slowing down anyway, so you don't really lose any time, but I love this now. It's really cool. Um, I'm interested to hear about and read about how like those things affect the dual sense. Like if, mm. if the stick has, you know, if the stick, you have to hold the stick to the right, I assume, or the left, I would assume. Um, right, but right. I'm just stoked that it's a thing that we have now. It's like, it makes it so much more legitimate as a simulator to me. Anyway, I just, I loved it. I was so, I was so genuinely surprised. Like my expectations are always so low for updates and they finally, they finally just hit one out of the park. I'm it's, it's awesome. I love it so much. And it's, I think it's really going to kind of separate the online racing a little bit because, you know, it, it makes you pay in a realistic way. Well, kind of realistic because after like 40 seconds, your car's fine. But you know what I mean? It, it gives you a, <laughs> yeah, it gives you a, there's a, a much steeper cost for pushing and, and it kind of eliminates things like wall riding, hopefully. So um, that's awesome. I'm I'm stoked about it. Yeah. I'm surprised that it wasn't in the game at launch, but you know, what do I know? 
well, for me, I played some Battlefield 2042 as well. Played with you some. Played without you some. Uh, played some on Thursday night, actually, to check out the new weekly challenges or whatever. Um, got some of those done. Still got to finish those up. And uh, we already talked about Modern Warfare 2 beta. Played some more NBA 2K23, and um, I'm still really enjoying that. I think the gameplay improvements that they've made are really good. It feels more fluid, more realistic, I think, so far. Um, I like what they've done with the shooting, and you have to you you have to green your shots now to make them. No more like uh, you know slightly like or partial whites or whatever. And it doesn't. It's, it's not as hard as it sounds, at least right now. But so I'm in, I'm enjoying everything so far. I've just been playing my team. I haven't played any of the other game modes yet. But yeah, I'm gonna keep continue on with that. Hey, they put out an update today that's supposed to fix the hook shots. Oh, because they were going in too much or something? <laughs> oh, God, cramp. Fuck. You got to get some water in you. <laughs> can't. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> He's uh, committed. Put my, put my life on the line for you guys. God damn it. <laughs> He's committed. So, yeah. Oh, God, I'm like a Marine. This makes me think of that scene in Dumb and Number. Just give me that damn phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here talking and you're just dying. Sounds about right. <laughs> the one thing that I don't like is that what they've done with the token market. Not a fan of it. So in the past where you would get tokens for doing different stuff and then you could use it to redeem, you know, for players, like just random players mm-hmm. from across the eras. Now that's gone. And now what you have to do is use tokens to buy packs for each team. And all you can get is their current players, their current roster. Uh, so I can only buy players with VC. Yeah, yeah, you, from the auction house, you know, you can buy players and, and packs or whatever. But with the tokens, you can only get the current team rosters. But when you get, they also have these, these, each team has a trophy case. So if you buy, if you get all the players on the roster from the token market, you get a trophy for the, for each team's trophy case. Each, each team has 15 trophies. You get all the, you get all 15 trophies. You get a pink, you get a pink diamond player from that franchise. So I'm working on the Spurs right now. I have four more trophies to get, and I, I'll have Pink Diamond, um, Manu Ginobili. So, I mean, I guess it's a trade-off, but I, I'd rather just have like the token market full of random players. I always look forward to that. So anyway, after that, I played some more of The Last of Us Part 1. I am in like the final third of the game, I think, if I remember correctly. So I've got like maybe four hours or so left, and I'm still really enjoying that. It's a fantastic game, fantastic See. remake. You're in part three of part one. That's correct. I'm in part three of part one. And uh, what else? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So it's all I played in terms of things I'm looking forward to. More beta for the for Modern Warfare. And then hopefully finishing up The Last of Us part one this week, potentially. And then I did also get confirmation that my first game that I requested to review is on the way. Just waiting on that to to come in. I can't say anything about it, but. I'm uh, looking forward to to getting into that. And uh, yeah, so that's it for us for, and for the show. If you guys enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe to get a new episode delivered every Monday on your podcast service or the YouTube. Also, if you could leave us a rating or review, some stars, thumbs up, or even a written review, that's very helpful. If you're on YouTube, leave us a like and a comment. Helps us as well. And uh, But most importantly, if you could share us with a friend or a loved one who you think may enjoy the show, Word of mouth is the most powerful form of advertising, as they say. Also, don't forget to find us on social media. 
uh, at DualSensePod on Twitter is our primary. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the com is our blog. So yeah, find us there and let's chat some PlayStation. So we'll get out of here. You guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. Take care. And we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.